Good morning, everyone. I'm Pastor Andrew, and it's a pleasure to be speaking to you today. I pray that you'll be encouraged in what is shared this morning. Recently, I've been blessed as I've been pondering how good it is to receive a timely word, especially a good word, a word that you want to hear, to receive that word right when you need it the most. And yet sometimes we receive words that we didn't expect and they can have life-altering implications. And so I want to draw our attention here today to resting on the living word of God. Words spoken from Jesus from the throne room of God by his Holy Spirit. Jesus said, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. This tells us that we can have true nourishment for our soul by leaning into what he has spoken over us instead of what report we may have received. Now, each, each one of us can recall words that have been spoken to us and we've held on to them in di- different ways, shapes, and forms. Perhaps even mold our life after those spoken words. And so today, I want to look at how when we hold on to a word that is spoken from the throne room of God, that in all things, even the storm, we can see it through. It's because those spoken words can bring us through any storm and land us on our feet, land us where God has appointed us to go. And so we're going to look at the life of the Apostle Paul, who, like us, was of flesh and blood, witnessed many miraculous things, and yet incurred many hardships, all to bring witness that Jesus is the risen Son of God, and the hope of the resurrection is true and certain for us all. He experienced so much, but he saw that God was always faithful in bringing him wherever he was supposed to go. As he was faithful to the message that Jesus would give him, God took care of his ministry destination. And as we get going into this, I want to encourage you right where you are, that God, not only God who appoints you, he takes care of your ministry destination. When we surrender to him, when we yield to him, he will see it through to completion. Check out Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. Now, Paul was no stranger to hardship. He was no stranger to the miraculous. He was definitely no stranger to immense hostility. After all, Paul was once a violent persecutor of the church. And then when he came and encountered the living God, the person of Jesus Christ, his life changed forever. One day while on a violent vendetta against the people of the way, on the road to Damascus, it was at that moment in time where Jesus showed up on the scene and changed Paul's life with a simple statement. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Now, up until that point, Paul had been authorized by the high priests in Jerusalem to go and hunt down people of the way. He said he would go into synagogues, beat them until they would curse the name of Jesus. He even cast his vote against them when they were condemned to death. Many times he had them punished 
relentlessly and even chase him down into foreign cities. And Paul goes on to say in Acts 26, verse 12, one day when I was on one such mission, armed with the authority and the commission of the leading priests, but about noon, a bright light appeared and shone down on me and my companions. We all fell down. I heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It's useless for you to fight against my will. Why? Well, who are you, Lord? He said. And the Lord replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get to your feet, for I have appeared to you and appointed you to be my servant and witness, to tell people what you have seen in me and to tell them what I will show you in the future. He goes on to say, I will rescue you from both your own people and the Gentiles. Yes, I am sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes so they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. And then they will receive forgiveness for their sins and be given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. And so we see from this statement made by Christ on the road to Damascus to this guy named Saul, who by the way, Saul and Paul was an interchangeable name at the time. I didn't misspeak. And at this moment in time, Paul's life was switched around. It's as if Jesus flipped the switch, which is better than any Drake song currently out on the, the airwaves. And look again what he said in verse 26. Now get to your feet, for I have appeared to you and appointed you as my servant and witness. How, do you, how many of you love it when the, Jesus speaks to us? It's not just to shoot the breeze. There's always a purpose behind the conversation. When we read scripture, it draws things out of us and we're driven towards a specific action. Now, it's fair to say that following this encounter, Paul's life would take on a new meaning. What I'm trying to stress is after this encounter, from that day forward, he's living on the words of Jesus. He's no longer living on the words from the high priests, the council members seeking to, to kill and destroy people of the way. But now he's on a mission from the high authority of Jesus Christ, one who sits at the right hand of God, to bring hope to the hopeless. To tell others to proclaim the hope of the resurrection for both the wicked and the righteous. And Paul goes on to further express this conversation that would have continued to happen between he and Christ. I want you to understand, he says this in Galatians 1.11, Dear brothers and sisters, the gospel I preach is not based on mere human reasoning, but I received my message from no human source and no one taught me. Instead, I received it by direct revelation from Christ. You know what I was like when I followed the Jewish religion, how I violently persecuted God's church, and I did my best to destroy it. In verse 15, but even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his grace. And it pleased and revealed his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. And when this happened, I did not rush out to consult with any 
human being. So we look at the, what's happening here in Acts 26 is that God appoints. God appoints. No matter our background, no matter our track record, Jesus can appoint us to bring glory to his name and transform our life in the process. Jesus loves us so much that when he meets us, we don't remain where we are. But he changes our life from the inside out. He calls us to follow him, to be receptive to life-giving change. And so as Paul was appointed to give witness of the hope of the resurrection, his interaction with those who were resistant to the way intensified. It says in Acts 23.10, as conflict grew more violent, the commander was afraid they would tear Paul apart. So he ordered his soldiers to go and rescue him by force and take him back to the fortress. That night, the Lord appeared to Paul and said, Be encouraged, Paul. Just as you have been a witness to me here in Jerusalem, you must preach the good news in Rome as well. And so we see here that, that Jesus had a plan. There was nothing that was outside of his gaze. He was in the know. Nothing's beyond his view or understanding. And on the other hand, his ways are not our ways and his, our thoughts are not his thoughts. But he knows what he's doing. That's the key of resting on his word. He knows what he's doing. And that's what Paul started to do here. That Paul was faithful to the work that Jesus had given him. And as he was faithful to doing what Jesus asked of him of being a servant and witness to telling everyone that he had seen Christ. But God took care of Paul's ministry destination. That's not anything that Paul had to stress over. And so we can take that to the bank that Christ alone sets up our assignment and appointments. Now we can try and set things up for ourselves. But my question to us today would be, which do we prefer? Our paths or God's best? The second point I want to look at is that God protects. The scripture tells us in Psalm 1830, God's way is perfect. His way is pure. He's a shield to all who take refuge in him. And this is an incredible promise because Jesus told Paul that after he had appointed him, he said that, no matter who tries to harm you, who tries to seize you, they will not be able to harm you because I have many people in the city. Jesus was looking out for Paul, and this is such the case in Acts 26, 19. Paul says before King Agrippa, who is there to hear Paul's defense, I obeyed that vision from heaven, O excellent Agrippa. I preach first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, and throughout all Judea, and also to the Gentiles, that they all must repent of their sins and turn to God, and prove they have changed by the good things they do. Some Jews arrested me at the temple for preaching this and tried to kill me, but God has protected me right up to this present time so I can testify to everyone. you got to love that, that the gospel is for everyone. It says, from the least to the greatest. I teach nothing except what the prophets and Moses said would happen. 
that the Messiah would suffer and be the first to rise from the dead. And this was to announce God's light to the Jews and Gentiles alike. And so what's amazing about this is Paul, again, continued to be faithful to his appointment. And as he was faithful to that appointment, Jesus was protecting his appointed. He was watching out for him, clearing a path, a way for him to fulfill his mission. And this included Paul being rescued from an ambush. And God orchestrated so that even Paul's own nephew would hear about this ambush that would happen and seek out the Roman commander to come to Paul's aid. We see that in Acts 23. But Paul's nephew, his sister's son, heard of their plan and went to the fortress and told Paul. Paul called for one of the Roman officers and said, take this young man to the commander. He has something important to tell him. So the offer did explaining. Paul, the prisoner, called me over and asked me to bring you this young man because he has something to tell you. And the commander took his hand, led him aside and asked, what is it that you want to tell me? And Paul's nephew told him, some Jews are going to ask you to bring Paul before the high council tomorrow, pretending they want to get some more information. But don't do it. There are more than 40 men hiding along the way, ready to ambush him. <laughs> they have vowed not to eat or drink anything until they have killed him. They are ready now, just waiting for your consent. Don't let anyone know you told me this, the commander warned the young man. Could you imagine being pursued by such a relentless group of people bent on seeing your very life destroyed? Maybe you've experienced that kind of storm. There may be individuals who are, who are seeking, plotting, scheming to wreak havoc in your life, to make your life miserable. I want to encourage you today that God sees nothing's beyond his gaze. We may go one step further that as we hold on to his living word over the words that are spoken by those schemers, that we truly can experience peace and joy in our life. I love this part of scripture that says, the kingdom of heaven is not a matter of eating or drinking, but of righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. As we look to him and trust in him, he can lead us through any storm. And so Paul, after all these heated conversations were happening, coming before different Roman commanders, including Festus and Felix. He says, I appeal to Caesar. Remember, Jesus told Paul in Acts 23, 11, that he would go to Rome to continue to witness there. And so Paul, having the mind of Christ, saw this opportunity that was made available to him. And even the king said that Paul, that there was nothing that he had done that deserved imprisonment or even death. And he could have been released had he not appealed to Caesar. But Paul knew what Jesus was calling him to. He appointed him to be a servant and witness and was taking care of his appointment. His appointment was in Rome. And so on the way to Rome, there was a terrible storm. 
Many of you are most likely aware of this story. It says in Acts 27 and verse 20, it says, The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until at last all hope was gone. Not one had eaten from a long time. And finally, Paul called the crew together and said, Men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all this damage and loss. But take courage. None of you will lose your lives even though the ship will go down. Man, I don't know what you, you got to love those who come and say, I told you so. Of course, there's decisions and things that we do and we regret it after we make those decisions. But it's, it just can be bitter to hear those words, I told you so. But what I love here in this part of the story is that Paul doesn't stop there with I told you so. He says, take courage. None of you will lose your lives even though the ship will go down. And he goes on and explains why. Don't you love when people explain why to take courage when you're going through a difficult situation? It's one thing to see someone in a difficult situation and say, oh, head up, take courage. But it's great when we can give an encouraging word that goes a step further. And Paul goes on to say in verse 23, For last night an angel of, the God, of God appeared to me, the one God who I serve. And this angel stood beside me and said, Don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage. Could you imagine that? There's this storm that's blowing, these prevailing winds, these gale winds over 65 miles per hour. It is crazy. And yet Paul is at complete peace. Because he's trusting in the living word where Jesus said that you are going to Rome to witness. So obviously Paul's life isn't going to end on the ship because he hasn't reached Rome yet. But I love and believe that he was concerned for his shipmates as well. This is a, paints a great story for us that through the life of Paul, his shipmates were spared. In the same way, through the life of Jesus Christ, our life is spared. Our life is spared from the destructive nature of sin. We're spared from this eternal separation from us and God because we've been made right with him through the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross at Calvary. Storms in our life will come. There's no question about it. We all experience our storms. But they can also serve as a catalyst for growth. Imagine what God can do within us and through us when we give our life in service to him. Like Paul, there's a thrill, there's the challenge, and there's even a blessing. And sometimes that, that blessing includes long-suffering because in our weakness, the scripture says that God's power is made perfect in our lives. The learning and transformation can occur because we're leaning solely on him. Our circumstances may change. Travel plans may change. They may be altered. But in it all, God is faithful to uphold us as we live out our God-given appointment. I really believe that real growth starts with surrender and praise. Remember, Scripture says he inhabits the praises of his people. And we can simply begin with that demeanor. Thank you, Lord, that you hear my cries. 
Thank you, Lord, that you will deliver me from every snare. The fear of man brings a snare, but he who trusts in the Lord will be exalted. He says we will run and not grow weary. We will walk and not faint. When we trust in the Lord, he will renew our strength. With COVID, we've all been on this interesting, unforeseen journey, ready for something new. I get it. I'm with you. We've been isolated, stranded, waiting to come to shore, if you will. We've experienced challenges, wondering when will they cease or perhaps, or perhaps even wrecks. But we can see in this story with Paul and his shipmates, they learned to trust the word that was given to Paul. Now, first, of course, they want to take matters into their own hands. It says in verse 29, fearing that we might run aground somewhere on the rocks, they cast four anchors from the stern and wished for daybreak. And as the sailors were trying to escape from the ship and had let down the ship's boat into the sea, Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, unless these men remain in the ship, you yourselves cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the ship's boat and let it fall away. Many times we just have to let go and let God, to trust what God has spoken over us will come to be. Paul's shipmates learned this trust, but baptism by fire, if you will. There's always this fight, this urge to control things. Even the things we really ultimately can't control. And yet real peace comes when we exchange that false sense of a control for having the mind of Christ. Having the mind of Christ is, is trusting that God is working all things together for our good. Allowing us to see God at work and resting in what he is doing in our midst to seeing what he's doing in the storms of our life and trusting him that he has our best intentions at heart. Recently, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. Now, thankfully, it's one of those types of cancers that is uh, easy to deal with, if you will. You can cut out the thyroid and recovery, it, it looks very good. Less than 1% of, of it returning and being harmful to future life. But even when you hear those words, cancer, it's, it can be destructive because you start analyzing, becoming fearful about all these things. And you start, all these things start swirling in your mind. But I couldn't help but start focusing on the living word of God that says, by, by his stripes you are healed. By the, the, the sacrifice of Christ, by the whips that he took, the, how he was beaten for me on Calvary, for you and I, we can be healed. We can be made whole. And that includes making our mind whole, having the mind of Christ to trust him in the storm. And look, I get it. It's, it's hard to not know what tomorrow may bring. Up to a week ago or more, I had no idea about this cancer even existing in my thyroid. Up to this point, I've been celebrating 10 years since the first diagnosis of having a hypothyroid that multiple edemas, growths in my thyroid, were not cancerous. 
But this doesn't mean that I've stopped trusting in God. We can't allow storms in our life to cause us to stop trusting in God. Otherwise, our faith is relative to our situation, our circumstance. And what I love about this story and the storm, because it's speaking to me wholeheartedly, is that sometimes things have to be removed from our life. Paul said that they would survive, but the ship would be a complete loss. In a certain matter, some things in our life have to be removed so that we can fully experience all that God has appointed for us. It's important that we learn to surrender again to God. Not thinking that we know best. And before Paul and the shipmates got into this mess on the open sea, they were in a port called Fair Haven. And they could have docked there for summer, but it wasn't exactly favorable to, to spend the winter. So they thought they had a favorable wind and continued on the journey. And it says in 27 verse 9, When considerable time had passed and the voyage was now dangerous, since even the fast was already over, Paul began to admonish them and said to them, Men, I perceive that the voyage will certainly be with damage and great loss, not only of the cargo and of the ship, but also of our lives. But the centurion was more persuaded by the pilot and the captain of the ship than by what was being said by Paul. Because the harbor was not suitable for wintering, the majority reached a decision to put out to sea from there. And if somehow they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete, facing southwest and northwest, and spend the winter there, it would be favorable. And when a moderate south wind came up, supposing that they had attained their purpose, they weighed anchor and began sailing along Crete, close in shore. But it says, but before very long, there rushed down from a land a violent wind called a gale wind. And when the ship was caught in it and could not face the wind, we gave way to it and let ourselves be driven along. This is what Paul warned them about. Many times the word of God speaks to us and warns us about decisions we may make, places we may go, directions that God that never intended for us. And the Holy Spirit gives us a nudge, tugs on our heart, if, if you will. And yet many times we want to take matters into our own hands. We want to steer the ship. But here as we see in the story that because they took matters in their own hands and thought they had a favorable wind, eventually they just had to let go and let the wind drive them. But it wasn't a favorable outcome. But thankfully, Christ was watching out for them. What's the keys to remember from this story is not to let the storms of our life dictate our assignment. Number two, don't let the loss of material distract us from our assignment. Number three, not to let the storms of life cause us to give up on God's word. I love this verse in 1 Timothy 1.19. Cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear. For some people have deliberately violated their consciousness. As a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. It's no secret that having the right attitude is life-giving and essential. And so for a moment, just say, I have an assignment. God hasn't forgotten me. I've been appointed and therefore protected. And you may be asking, well, what's my assignment? 
What is my Rome? And it's simple. Rome is wherever God is calling us to be. And wherever he is calling us to be, he will see us through, even in the midst of the storms of our life. I have to believe that even in the midst of this thyroid cancer, that God has a plan, a purpose through it. Perhaps it's maybe learning to tap into the comfort that only God can give. Perhaps it's, it's leaning into the strength that comes in my weakness. But I do believe that as I receive this comfort from God, that I'll be able to comfort others who are going through similar circumstance. And that's why Paul was able to comfort his shipmates as they were going through the storm because he had been comforted so many times before seeing God miraculously come to his aid, saving him from ambush, ambushes, from people who, who sought to kill him, who plotted against his life. Friends, you and I have been ordained and appointed to speak and minister to our community. That is our room, Rome. Sorry, that. Sphere of influence. Remember this. Jesus said, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so I encourage us today to let us hold on to the living word that's been spoken over us through the written word. His written word is timeless and, and, and relevant to every aspect of our life. And if we believe that, it'll see us through every storm, no matter the severity or prevailing winds. At the end of the day, we have the hope of the resurrection. That cannot be taken away from us. So let us not waver in our faith. Let's hold tightly to our faith. Let's not shrink back and be destroyed. But trust that every living word that's spoken to us through the scripture can bring us through every storm. That that which God has started will bring it through to completion. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you, Lord, that even in the midst of all the things that were said, Lord, I know it's not my A game, but that's okay because your power is made perfect in weakness. And so, Father, I thank you for the right words that have spoken to each person's heart here who are listening today. Continue to work in their life, we we ask, oh Jesus. We speak to those who are facing storms, storms they never thought would even hit their home. We speak healing and restoration in those environments, in those storms, in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, just as your hand was miraculously on Paul, that even aprons and handkerchiefs that were in his care, that when they rested on people's sick bodies, that they were healed. Lord, we speak that very thing today, that your word is powerful, living, and active. It speaks to the joints and every aspect of our being. We thank you, Lord, that your living word is sufficient and powerful. And that when we lean and trust in you, you will bring us through every storm. We give you this moment in time, but also this each day forward. As we honor you, Lord, as we look to you, Lord, may you be glorified. May you be lifted up so that all people will know there truly is a living God that cares for me and loves for me. We ask this and declare this in Jesus' name. Thank you, Pastor Andrew, for that reminder and that teaching through Paul's life of the storms that we walk through and that we may walk through 
as our life with God continues to move forward. There are times in in our lives where we may feel like giving up. There are times in our lives where, where we might feel like God's presence is just not with us anymore, where we feel like, God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me? But like Pastor Andrew said in his message, God will always be there to walk us through the storm. Isn't that encouraging, folks, to just know that God, through the presence and power of his Holy Spirit, will always be there. That Jesus Christ, who gave his life on the cross for us, made God's presence available while we're in the midst of the storm. This week, when something becomes difficult, take a moment Just take a moment in that difficult thing to just step back and to become aware that God is present in every moment. That God is present in your difficult moment. Ask him to bring you comfort and to guide you through that moment. To help you to become aware of his presence in your life and in all of those moments. And purposely surrender your storm, your challenge. Purposely surrender it to the presence of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And learn to rest in his peace. Because this is how we get through the storm, is we surrender it at the foot of the cross We give it to Jesus. We learn to live in his presence and we rest in his peace. So how encouraging is it to know that God was with Paul and that God is with you, even in the midst of a difficult journey. Feel encouraged, folks, and recognize his presence in your everyday life. Will you pray with me? Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, and the presence that he offers through his death and resurrection on the cross. We thank you, Lord, that the curtain ripped, opening up the Holy of Holies so that, God, you could be present directly with us that we wouldn't need a priest anymore, that Jesus Christ would become our holy priest. And thank you, Lord, for your practical presence, for your ability through your spirit to guide us through difficult situations, difficult words, difficult moments. And Lord, I just pray that anyone out there today that is dealing with a difficult challenge, I pray, Lord, that they would surrender that challenge to you. That they would lay it at the foot of the cross and that they would press into the presence of Jesus in the midst of the storm. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you for the promises that you give. In Jesus' name.